Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wiss. I'm joined as ever by Jonathan Fadugba, and we just witnessed the first round of the Arsvenskan 2021. And uh, first of all, I just want to say an uh, unbelievable response to our season preview podcast for Arsvenskan this year. It was a mammoth edition. Thanks very much, all of you, for churning through such an epic. Um, but uh, yeah, we were delighted with some great feedback. Glad you all enjoyed it. Uh, Jonathan? How's things with you? Is your voice recovered from last week's episode yet? And um, how about the first round of the Arsvenskan? What are you making of it? Hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. Yes, my breath is back after about five or six days of of uh, tranquility. Uh, thank you, everybody who's tuned in. We had an unbelievable response to uh, the pre-season Arsvenskan preview podcast, which was a beast, and uh, I really enjoyed being part of it. And yeah, I've been really, really happy with the response. To be honest, this, I've had a lot of tweets and comments uh, from you all saying like well done and stuff like that and um and that you enjoyed it so i was really happy to hear that and obviously you can um check it out on twitter at nordic football it's our pinned tweet if you haven't listened to it or uh, subscribe and go back and it's still there available so yeah no uh, it's been a good few days since the, the season has started so uh yeah the the, the pre-season podcast got the juices going and and um the weekend was the sort of meat in the sandwich wasn't it it was a it was a entertaining first round yeah, you know, I was excited. Like I said in the pre-season podcast, I was really excited about the start of the year in in, in Sweden. I watched two or three games. Um, I've got you know plenty to say certainly about the AIK match coming up soon. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed the first round. There were a couple of low-scoring games, but uh, it's really good to the, it's up and running. Yeah, for sure. Well, before we get into that, we're going to discuss the sort of opening round. It's going to be a short short overview of what happened in the opening round, and we're going to take some listener questions as well. We've had quite a few listener questions. Uh, our audience is growing on Twitter and Nordic Football, so you know, follow us there and join us. Um, been some really good questions which we'll address. Um, but before we do that, we want to start with a patron. Uh, we want to start with our Patreon shout out. So, um, patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. And I just want to give a shout out to our patrons. Um, I'm not going to name them, you by surname, but you know who you are if you're listening. So, I just want to give a quick shout out before we start because we didn't get time in the season preview podcast. But just want to say a big, big shout out and a thank you for your support as ever to uh, Jurgen. Uh, Charlotte, Alexander, uh, Team Overs, Passit, and Alex. So we want to give you guys a massive shout out on this uh, to start this show. We really appreciate your support, you know, um, and it really helps us. Of course, we we reinvest any profits back into the podcast. So, you know, the more people we have joining us, the merrier. And uh, as I say, Patreon.com/slash Nordic Football Podcast. If you want to sort of buy us a coffee or whatever, you want to, you know, subscribe. Um, there's three different tier systems and. We're going to start some bonus content um, starting this week. So if you do want to have a little bit of extra bonus content, then uh, we're, we're going to start bringing you some of that this season. We, we promised it this time, so we're going to do it. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot to you guys. We really appreciate what I say. Uh, Steve, let's get into week one then. It was, uh, it was a very entertaining opening round, wasn't it? And the first game um, you're going to sort of pick my brains on is uh, what have you got in store for us? What are you going to talk about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to echo my thanks to the patrons as well. And yes, there is some bonus content coming out back back end of this week, so look out for that for those. But yeah, once again, thanks very much for all your support there. In terms of the results this week, I just want to actually go through the results um, before we, we, we talk about any match in detail. St- things started off with uh, a 3-2 win for Malmö against Hammerby. We other results there, Urubro, nil, FK, Gothenburg, nil, Norshipping, one, Sirius, one, Melby, nil, Varberg, nil. Uh, Halmstad 1, Hacken 0, probably a big shock of the round. Elfsborg 0, Djurgarten 2, um, Kalmar 0, Ossersons 0, 3 0 nils in the first round, uh, which is interesting. And Aikor 
two Dega four nil, and things started off on um, on Saturday. Malmo three, Hammerby two, and this was a wild encounter. I thoroughly enjoyed watching this one. I must say, Jonathan, and I know you were very very excited as well, culminating in in quite a sensational finish as well. There, take us through this game. Yeah, couldn't really have asked probably for a better season opener. To be honest, it was a as you say a wild one, Steve. Um, yeah. You know, the champions against one of the contenders, maybe potentially for the title. Uh, we've given our predictions in terms of where we think our teams will finish, but uh, you could never count out Hammerby because they always bring a bit of excitement and a bit of attacking flair to games. And that's what they did in this game. You know, it was uh, end-to-end stuff. I thought it was one of the best games I've seen in Los Angeles for quite some time, to be honest. Um, you know, it really set the tone. And uh, I'll be honest, when Odebro EF Koyotopog came on after the game, uh, it was after straight after the Malmo game. It was a bit of a being like being like being brought back down to earth in a, to a certain extent because um, the Malmo Hammerby game was just you know, end to end stuff. It was really wild. Uh, Malmo sort of went for a a lineup that you probably expected. Uh, I think I mentioned who I'd expect to be in their in their sort of starting team. Um, Kolak was up front. Obviously, he made his debut. He looked, looked quite lively actually. Didn't get on the score sheet, but um, I'm sure he's going to bring something to the to the team. Uh, we'll see how he goes, but. Uh, yeah, they had Eric Larson, Armour Hodzic, Brawson and Knudsen at the back. And as Christiansen, of course, who got on the score sheet, Bonky Innocent, who uh, is really starting to establish himself now, Bonky Innocent, in that side. Uh, Joringerberger, Euler Toivonen, who actually got injured early on and had to go off. Uh, Soren Reeks and Antonio Kolak. Hammerby went for a kind of a 4-3-3. Uh, they had Aziz Wattara Mohammed, he played right back, which I was a bit surprised about. Uh, Richard Magyar, Yulison, uh, Mohamed Jaiz. Uh, then they had Khalili, who scored an unbelievable free kick, by the way, beautiful free kick, uh, just on the stroke of half time. Jeppe Anderson, Mads Fenger, and then the front three, Akun Kimmi Amu, we'll talk about in a minute. Astrid Selmani on his debut for Hammerby in the league. And uh, Gustav Ludvigsen, who's always quite productive uh, and did get on the score sheet himself. It was a really, as I say, open game. Um, Malmo had about 56% possession. They managed, they racked up a lot of shots, 19 shots. Um, but it was, it was Hammerby who took the lead. And it was a nice assist from Khalili for Ludvigsen. He headed home. Um, you know, things were heating up on the, on the bench. There's, you know, eight, the eight fans in the stadium were making some serious noise. I'm told that there was also people in the, um, in the executive boxes and that kind of thing. Because it was really, it was really quite loud, to be honest. In, you know, in that big stadium there, it really felt quite loud. Um, you know, the people in the stands like screaming and stuff like that. And, you know, it gave it a bit more, it, it really added to the, um, the the sense of occasion, to be honest. You know, they, they made a lot of noise. You know, if that was eight fans in the crowd, it, it sounded like it was about 800. Um, but Malmo turned it around, Anders Christensen scored. And then Soren Reeks scored to make it 2-1 in quick succession. But Khalili, just on the stroke of halftime, there was a long break from injury. And in, in stoppage time, he uh, he scored an equaliser. Like I say, a really, really nice free kick. And Akun Kimi Amumeda fantastic run to, to, to um, you know, play his part in sort of helping that goal, uh, drawing the foul. So it was 2-2 two, two half-time, obviously, packed full of goals. And then second half was not as lively in terms of goals, but uh, 90th minute winner, Steve, Jonas Knudsen. And we'll talk about that in a second. It was a, a hell of a strike. Yeah, it certainly was. And uh, my long-lasting memories of this game were how, how wildly end-to-end it was. In terms of the actual stats, you would look at if you hadn't seen the game, you look at the stats 15 shots to four for Malmo, you know, 56% possession. You would think they absolutely battered them and, and smashed them to pieces, but yeah, and they were the better team for sure. 
I think Hammerby had their moments in this game, if not the shots. They had some very dangerous occasions um, breaking, they, catching Mama out of the back a little bit. And if the right decision had been made, they, they could have easily scored another couple of goals themselves, I, I felt Hammerby, even if their, their sort of moments were more sporadic so in the second half. A couple of players I want to talk to you about in this game. Um, there was a lot of talk about Antonio Kolak um, pre-match, obviously a, a big money signing for Malmo. How do you think he did? In, in this fixture? Yeah, like I said, he did okay. I think he, um, you know, obviously he's come with a big reputation. Uh, their other signing is injured at the moment, so he didn't he didn't uh, take any part in it. Uh, there's a lot of talk about obviously having to replace uh, Isaac Isatelian. I thought he looked fa fairly lively, you know, and um, he made some decent runs. He brought people into the play. You know, he was sort of a target man that you can kind of play off. So, you know, all in all, I, I thought he did, did did quite well, to be honest. Um, early days, of course, you, you know, people are going to expect goals from him. But, uh, you know, so, um, I, th I thought he sort of played off uh, the, other, the other players fairly well. It's, 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 I couldn't really judge him completely off that one game. But uh, from what I saw, you know, the fans after the game as well were, were quite positive about him. Uh, in terms of, like, statistics-wise, if you want me to just reel off. One or two stats. He had two shots on target, three shots off target, uh, three out of three dribbles completed. So that was pretty successful. 81% uh, pass accuracy, um, 18 passes. And in terms of aerial duels, he, he wasn't. He, he got zero out of four for aerial duels. Uh, so that wasn't too great. But on the long the ground, he got 50% of his duels won. Uh, so yeah, you know, all in all, he made two tackles as well. All in all, it was a decent assist as well to help him out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought he looked all right as well. And, I mean, Hammerby, who caught your eye for Hammerby the most? Yeah, I mean, the, the one person I, I came away from that game excited about was Akun Kimi Amu. Um, I've, I've said it before, and he was in my tent to watch last season, and unfortunately he didn't really break through. I think he needed that adaptation sort of period of time from Nigeria. You know, he wasn't really much in the team. Towards the end of the season, he started to come into things a bit more, but he wasn't uh, really prominent. If I could go back again and have him in this season, I would. I'd have him as the number one player to watch in the league. I think he's going to be a superstar. Uh, I think he's he looks sensational. Some of the skills in that game is got me off my seat, you know. And um, I kind of on Twitter this week, I've been a bit, you know, grumpy about the Premier League. You know, just sort of saying that I don't know. I've I've I've, I've not been enjoying the Premier League massively, to be honest, in the last few weeks. Um, that game in Osvenska Malmo Hammerby was a game that got me excited. And that's not an excitement I've felt in watching the Premier League in, in recent weeks, I have to say. Uh, and Amu was part of that. He got me off my seat. Some of the skills, you know, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter. We, I think we posted one of them. Uh, drawing drawing players in like some sort of uh, matador. You know, drew a player in and, and just shifted it, chipped it over him and, and sort of he fell on his backside and just ran past him. He did that, he did that twice. Um, really unbelievable skill. Really made a really nice dribble for the for the um, equaliser from, from uh, Khalili as well. He's got star quality, Amu. You know, I, I mentioned, I said sort of, I felt a bit dirty comparing him to Messi when uh, when he scored a goal in the Swedish Cup in, in pre-season. But I watched the goal again just after the game because I was like, let me just look into this guy again. And it really is Messi-esque. I mean, it's just the low sense of gravity, the shift, the, the fast pace, the shift the past players, the ability to shift his body and go past men. And then that finish from outside the box, you know, in that, in that pre-season match, like I say, the Swedish Cup. Uh, but in this game, again, he just showed those glimpses. He, he went off after about 78 minutes, 77 minutes, which I think was a mistake from Hammerby, to be honest. Uh, they seeded a lot of ground there. Uh, he was good on the counter-attack. Maybe he was tiring. But uh, don't forget, he was too all at the time when he went off, and uh, and they ended up losing. Uh, 
and really Malmo just broke them down in that in that last 15 minutes and, and Knudsen scored like I say a wonderful volley uh, to win it from a from a set piece but a move really really caught my eye um Watara Mohammed is my tend to watch I didn't think he was great from the right right back position there was one skill as well from from Malmo players uh, Sebastian Nanasi who skinned him to be honest uh Mohammed it was a really nice run got got through him and, and drew a foul and there was a nice moment there, a little sort of look at each other, kind of, you know, like I've done you there, I've done you there. Um Ludvigson, I think, is gonna be a big player for, for Hamby. You know, he's one of the top assist providers in the league last season. The one player who maybe wasn't that bright was was Selmani. He had a bit of a quiet game, I thought. But um Khalili as well was 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 really, really good. I think he, you know, he's gonna he could potentially have quite a good season. Um I was a little bit surprised Darian Bojanic didn't play. But uh yeah, so you know, mm-hmm. they got some options from the bench. But uh, yeah, for me, it was all about Akin, Akin Kumiamu, that, that Nigerian youngster. He is uh, he's an exciting player to be honest. Eight, only 18 years old. Mm, he, he really caught my eye as well. He, something about him, he's got something you, sometimes, you know, you can just tell with a player, can't you? But uh, I mean, for all the chances and the moments and the excitement, it, it looked like the second half was going to be goalless and that Hammerby were going to come away with what would have been a very good point for them. Uh, but right at the death, a uh, goal, well, maybe a goal of the season contender in the first game of the season. Jonathan, talk me through the, the winning goal for Malmo. Yeah, it was a beautiful strike. Knudsen, the uh, former Ipswich Town man, I was a little bit gutted because I strongly considered him for my fantasy team. Oof. And I was just about priced out of it. And I thought, well, I'll leave him out because uh, well, I don't know why I left him out, to be honest. I was kicking myself when he when he banged in that goal. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he is... Uh, He's a good player, actually. He's got, you know, like I say, he used to be at Ipswich Town, um, the left back. He was he played a fundamental part in their in their title win last season. I don't think he maybe gets enough credit. Uh, he's just a very solid player. You know, he's really he's come back to he's come back uh, and he's really offered a lot to Malmo. And um, his goal was a beauty. You know, he just he just what I really liked about the goal was the way he actually won the won the position in the first place. It was quite a brave uh, interjection to to win the ball in the first place. You know, he put his body on the line. Um, won the ball and then just to have the balance and the ability to shift his feet and just that fire that left foot volley dipping volley into the into the into the corner and like I say the fan you know the, the eight fans or if it was eight or whatever um, went crazy so it was really you know it was just a great end to a great game I thought you know like they ran off and you know for a brief moment you forgot about kind of no fans atmosphere didn't you it was like you could actually hear people celebrating um, you know, Malmo are the champions and they 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 put up a champion performance there to sort of just show to people, you know, we're going to be around this season. Don't r- rule us out. Because there was there was times during the match where Hammerby had them on the ropes a little bit, you know, with their with their move and people like that and their interchanges of play. Um, but Malmo just proved, you know, we're the big boys. We we can handle that. We can, we're resilient. You know, they're a resilient side. And for, for, for the first time, they are my team tipped to win the title. And, um, you know, I felt pretty comfortable with that. I think they are going to be a tough team to beat. And, yeah, it was a brilliant goal from Knudsen. Yeah, that was a great match to kick things off with. Three three goals to two victory for Malmo against uh, Hammerby there. Um, the match after that wasn't particularly memorable at all, though. Erebro nil, IFK Gothenburg nil. I think there's an awful lot really to say about that match, really, is that Jonathan um, did what it said on the tin. Um, as we move on to, to Sunday's fixtures and... I was actually, at this point in time, I was having a nice little walk in the hills in, in, in my area here in Yorkshire, Jonathan. And I've got Jeremy F as my captain in the fantasy team. And I was just waiting for the goal updates to come through on my phone. I was thinking, you know, grabbing myself a couple of goals on, on the first game of the season. I was shocked at the end to see the result. Amstad won 
Hecken nil. Um, I mean, what on earth was going on here? I, I know you were not very impressed with Hecken at all, were you? So what exactly was the problem? Yeah, and, you know, the only people that were happier than maybe Hamstad fans after this game were uh, EFK Jotterburg fans. Uh, there was a lot of them on Twitter sort of celebrating, to be honest, um, especially because of the source of the goal. Mikhail Bowman, former EFK Jotterburg man himself, obviously they're two rivals, the Gothenburg rivals. Uh, I think it's rankled a few EFK fans that Hacken have kind of been talked up this season for the title. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Hacken. We, you know, dedicated quite a nice chunk of the po- pre-season podcast to talking about their chances. You know, predicted them in second place. To be honest, you know, the hype in terms of them winning the title, I had them in second for a reason, and, and they showed all the reasons that I didn't tip them for the title in this in this game, to be honest. Just the defence is not quite strong enough. I think that is going to hamper them. I don't think, you know, I, I questioned it, and already, you know, there's warning signs there. I just don't think their centre-backs are uh, maybe tough enough to withstand, like, a, a season-long title race. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but, uh, yeah, it was... You know, Hamstad is quite a tough place to go, but I fully expected Hacken to win. I had three players, Hacken players in my fantasy team. So, you know, I had a bit of egg on my face on that on that sense. Um, they also had a few injuries. Leo Bengtsson went off with an injury, which was a bit of a shame. Tobias Heinz went off. Um, I'm not sure if he was injured, but he went off anyway. So, yeah, it was it wasn't a, a good game for Hacken. They, they they really did flatter to deceive. I was very disappointed with Jeremy. If, you know, you had him in your, I know you said you had him in your, in your fantasy team. Um, he was poor, I thought really low intensity uh they really they allowed they allowed what i didn't like about hacken was they're normally quite a high intensity side but they allowed Halmstad defenders a lot of time on the ball you know andreas Hansen for me was probably man of the match but he's 39 years old the center back you know there was no intensity of pressing put put him under pressure you know, it's his first game back in osvenskan you know put the guy under pressure and see if he if he folds i thought jeremy f was very slack um, maybe maybe coming back from Bundesliga too, he thinks it's going to be a bit easy. But you know, I didn't I didn't like the way he played in that game. I have to be honest. Um, they allowed they allowed they allowed the back four plenty of time on the ball basically for Halmstad. Um, Baffo as well was really good. Johansson was making. I mean, Jeremy F had one or two chances, and and um, Johansson made some really fantastic blocks. Um, going forward, they weren't amazing, but Sadat went off injured and Bowman came on. Like I say, and he scored a he scored a really nice winning goal in the second half. Um, it just didn't gel for for Hacken in this opening game. You know they've looked good in the Swedish Cup in preseason, but uh, the front four Benny Traore, Heinz, Bengtsson, and Jeremy F just didn't didn't have much sort of you know fluidity between them. Not, no real interchanges of play, um, no real communication, and they were under pressure quite a lot. You know the fullbacks Fridriksson and Ekpolo were were under a little bit of pressure at times, uh, and Toivo and like I say Lindgren looked a little bit a little bit shaky against Antonsen and. Uh, and obviously Bowman when he came on. So very impressive from uh, Halmstad. They've got their first win. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- even the Hacken's manager after the game said that we weren't good enough. You know, it was poor. Um, and you know, couldn't really disagree with him, to be honest. F- fully deserved win for Halmstad and a big, big upset to start the season. I mean, do, you th- do you worry for Hacken here? Or do you look at this and think maybe a one-off bad day at the office, give Halmstad some credit? You know, looks like they were 4-4-2, probably pretty hard to break down. Uh, really motivated on the return of the Alsvenskin. Is this just a little hiccup for Hecken? Um, uh, do you expect them to bounce back quickly, or is there more, more more concerns here? I quite like your poetic hiccup for Hecken. That's quite a nice little uh, <laughs> linguistic sort of a turn you got there. Uh, but yeah, no. Listen, they got Malmo next, so that is a big game this weekend. You know, BK Hecken against Malmo is already 
you know, if you if you had it in preseason, it's almost a, it's like a title decider type game. You know, it's a, it's a six pointer at the top. Um, they're going to be under pressure in that match. I, I would I would be strongly thinking they're going to have to do something to beat to beat Malmo. Uh, Dalejo Erendus is still injured. Now Bengtsson looks like he's going to be away for a time. There was rumours of, of a quite a bad rib injury, so I don't know how how serious that is. It's to be to be determined. Uh, so yeah, they've they've got they've got a bit of work to do to bounce back. I have to be honest. They're still a good team. Don't get me wrong. It's it's very early days. You always get a sort of newly promoted side who who can pull off a bit of a you know a bloody nose to to a team like to a team like Hacken. Hacken Hacken are a bit. You know, I, met, I said it in the preseason show, didn't I, Steve? I said I want some pressure on them this season. I want I want ex- high expectations. My other, my other, I think one worry about them is that I, I think Yermiev has to be a leader for this team, and I, I just thought that he was a bit. He really disappointed me, to be honest. Maybe it's just rustiness. It's very early in the season, so I don't want to get on his back. But um, they need leaders really in that team, and I'm just wondering where the leadership might come because they were they were a bit of a quiet side, you know. They're a bit I'm trying to think of an equivalent in in England, maybe like an Everton sort of thing, where not even Everton, but you know, you know, sometimes you watch teams and you just think there's no no one's really talking here. They're just they're just drifting. Into the, yeah. into the defeat that's that's sort of how i felt back and there's no there's no sort of roy Keane or someone shouting at people um no backbone maybe uh, when the going gets tough yeah you, they're gonna need someone who's gonna be shouting and, and getting in people's faces and i thought yeah would be that guy but um you know like i say it's early days it's a fantastic win for for magnus Hagland. i thought like i say johansson the 39 year old was 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 incredible to be honest he, he had a really good game um he said that i think we we are a very stable team which is a good word to describe it. You know, they look quite stable. Uh, Jeremy F after the game himself came out and said, listen, um, for us to talk about winning the gold and things like that, they're just dreams. But if you want to have dreams, you have to win away in Halmstead. Uh, so he said, I think we need to go and start creating goal chances. So he was quite strong words after the match. But uh, during the game, you know, the low intensity of his pressing was was quite disappointing, I thought. Um, and yeah, as I say, Andreas Alm summed it up really. He said, today, Halmstead were better than us. We didn't have any goal chances. Alstad didn't have many either, but then they scored a nice goal and they were clearly the better team. Yeah, forget dream, more like nightmare, wasn't it, by the sounds of it for Hecken there. Now, so that was the first uh, Sunday game. Other results on Sunday, Mialby nil, Varberg nil, Norshebring one, Sirius one, Elfsborg nil. You've gotten two. Uh, well, what are those three results there? What Anything really stand out for you? Your Garten's win, quite impressive. Yeah, there was one or two standout games. I, I didn't catch them all, but uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to Mikael Bowman, like I said, a former EF core man, because uh, it's, it's a nice to see a player coming back, you know, a bit of a veteran and to, um, you know, in his 30s now, he's pushing towards the end of his career. But yeah, that definitely pleased the EF core fans, like I say. Uh, in terms of the games on Sunday, there was um, Norsha being serious. They they they, they played that a one-off draw. Uh, by the way, it was a fantastic goal from Skulason on his debut. I don't know if you've seen that goal, Steve, but absolute rocket probably goal of the season I mean, we've had some really good goals in this first round uh it was about 30 yards out I just pinged it top corner from 30 yards um, unbelievable strike to be honest um and yeah i caught your garden elspog some of it uh sort of had one eye on it to be honest i really hope that someone buys the rights to this league because i, I want to watch it on my on my tv screen but i'm having to watch it on sort of mini streams and stuff at the moment so uh, if you're listening to this eurosport or whoever sky does own or whoever you are amazon Snap up the rights, please, because uh, this is going to be an exciting league this season. I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure of that. Um, Garden took the lead with a fantastic strike from Aslak von Wittry, who probably is the best right back in this league. Uh, it was a lovely volley across from the left, and he, he just volleyed at home, top corner. Uh, really well taken goal, good technique. And then it was that man, Chile, 
Chilifia, Edward Chilifia is off and off and running. Um, he, he was my fantasy captain, so I was, I was loving it. Uh, he was put, put through on goal, and he, he made no mistake. Went through, and it was an em, emphatic finish. Elsborg, you know, not not looking too great. You know, they, they they tried to put up a fight, but it wasn't it wasn't the Elsborg of last season. Really, Jurgen looked very strong. I think they're going to have a good season. To be honest, they, they're quite a well-rounded team. I think they got a lot about them, and I think they're going to have a have a good season. To be honest, um, they, they've they've started well. Vasiutin in goal did quite well. Uh, the back four was just solid as ever. You know, they had Luna Larson, um, Ekdal, Elliot Sheck as well, and 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 obviously uh, Witchery. You know, they call them the Trent and Robertson of this league, and and, and they kind of look like they're going to carry on where they sort of start uh, left off. And yeah, then you had obviously Malby Varberg nil uh, nil, bit of a drab game to be honest. Not not too many chances at either end. I thought Varberg might nick it, but they but they didn't really have the firepower. Uh, so yeah, it was um, you know a decent game, decent you know four games on Sunday. Yeah, so yeah, left a couple of games on uh, Monday. Kalmar nil, Ostersunds nil, a core two, Degger four nil. That was the game I focused on. Whilst your attention was on Kalmar, um, I mean I had a little bit of an eye on Kalmar as well. The, both games were not too bad. Jonathan, really here. Yeah, I'm going to probably maybe ask you uh, a few questions about the ARK game because I, I didn't see it, but. Uh, yeah, Kalmar, Ostersunds, isn't it? There's two two of the teams that were predicted to do uh, not too well this season. There's a lot of people who think they they could both go down potentially. Um, I've, you know, if you can go back, if you go back to the season preview, you'll, you'll see where I predicted them. But it was a um, a game of very few chances. Let's put it that way. Um, Kalmar, I mentioned about Henrik Riesdrum and this sort of new look Kalmar that we're potentially going to see. They they played in a sort of a three four three. Had quite a few players in unfamiliar positions. Um, they're going to have to sort of figure that one out. I mean, I know they've got some injuries, but uh, yeah, they had Haggy Hansen in goal, uh, Sebastian Ring kind of playing as a left wing back, Douglas Bergfist, last Setra on his debut, um, whose his passing was quite 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 wayward, I thought, in the game. Um, but generally speaking, he had, a, he had an okay match. They had a young 17 year old called Elias Olsen, who I think I'm going to have my eye on this season, uh, left sided centre back. Reportedly had trials of final when he was a 14-year-old. I uh, didn't make my ten to watch, but I, I liked what I saw in this game. He looked very solid at the back there as a, as a, for such a young age. And then, obviously, as a right wing, kind of a right wing backish, they had uh, Piotr Johansson. Uh, Jonathan Ring went off before half time, which was a bit of a shame on his debut. Obviously, I mentioned he could be a big player for them. Zach Bakidis on the left, he did okay, not not great. Romario was quite good in midfield. Carl Gustafsson, I thought, had a, had a good game. Uh, and then up front, I thought they were they were quite weak up front. They had uh, Isaac Magnuson. Didn't think he had a, had a, a great game, if I'm honest. Niels Froling is missing through injury. He's their main man up front. Um, so, yeah, it was really there that they fell down. They didn't have that fluidity up front. They didn't have that firepower. Didn't create many chances. Had a lot of possession, though, Steve. So I think, you know, I mentioned in the preseason that they, they're going to have a completely new game style. And I think they could map what Sirius did last season, potentially, uh, and surprise a few people. I saw early signs of that in this game. There were some nice interchanges of play, some nice one-two passing, things like that, triangles, um, and a lot of possession, which is surprising because Kalmar are usually a 40% possession sort of team in, in last season. So, um, yeah, their man over Poitison, I, I put up a video on, on Twitter earlier of him. Uh, he's back. They're their number one fan. He did a sort of motivational video pre-game. I, I love it. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how he'll be feeling off this nil-nil. In terms of, in terms of Ostersons, they... They really are going to. It's going to be. They're going to be in for it this season. It's going to be a big. It's going to be a long year for them, I think. Uh, we mentioned the transfer ban and everything like that. 
Uh, they, they went for a 5-3-2, so it was quite a defensive formation. Ali Kaita in goal, Sonko Sundberg, Eric Haugen played well, I thought. Mukivi played well. Patrick Capozo, I think, I, I like the look of. I think he had a decent game there as a sort of a left wing back or, you know, sort of the, the left-sided man of the of the, of the the five. Mensiro um, got an early injury. Siwan Cambo, I think he's a pit bull in midfield. He's going to have a big season, a big role to play, I think, if they're going to stay up. Um, Felix Horberg, Fritzen in centre midfield as well. And then, of course, up front, they had Blair Turg and uh, Juno Baptiste. Jarrell Sellers, I think, is injured. Um, Juno Baptiste, the less I say about him, the better. Uh, I don't think he did anything. I think, I think he completed five passes in 63 minutes, which pretty much summed it up. He did nothing. Um, Blair Turgut is the man in that sense. They didn't have a single shot on target, Ostersons. So, really, that, that tells you everything you need to know. They had one corner uh, to, to Kalmar's 10. So, yeah, it's, um, they ground out the point, so they'll be happy. It's going to be a long slog, I think, for them. It was it wasn't a game of real entertainment, but uh, I thought it was quite intriguing to see the two teams and how they would, you know, where they went with the, their sort of potential. Because these points could count towards the end of the season. You know, that's kind of almost a potential six pointer in terms of relegation already. I know it's very early days, but you know, both sides needed a win really when you think about it. Um, and I think playing on the grass surface, Ostersons, I think trained for the two days before the match on on a grass pitch uh, at Oskarhams. So that maybe helped them adapt a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was, um, I wouldn't say uneventful. It was actually quite an interesting game to watch, I thought, tactically and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, uh, a nil-nil in the end. Yeah, I had a little bit of an eye on that game as well. And I thought Ostersons defended quite well. They, they kind of, they, they, they used a lot of gamesmanship towards the last 10, 20 minutes. They were they were time-wasting a bit to, you know, tactically making sure they saw out the nil-nil. The goalkeeper, like you mentioned in the preseason podcast, he, he always impresses me. He, he's, he's got a great authority at the back there. A pair of safe hands, you feel like, you know what I mean? And he came up with two or three you know, important saves at one point, didn't he? So yeah, I was quite impressed how they dug out and got a point because a lot of teams would have gone there and probably lost there. Kalmar certainly is a different Kalmar now, isn't it? But um, yeah, a good point for Ossessons, I would say. Yeah, I think I'll be happy with the point. But I think I think really, when I look at it, I just think to myself, where, where are they going to get goals from this season? That is a big question mark for me this season. I, I think my, my sort of reason for picking Blair Turgut as one of the ten to watch. I think I feel I feel more vindicated now, really doing that because it, it almost it really is Blair. It is really the Blair. The Blair, it's Blair or bust, really. Um, I don't know. It's the Blair, the Blair goal project. You know what I mean? Instead of the Blair witch project, because if he doesn't get if he doesn't get the goals, then they're they're toast. I mean, unless Jarrell Sellers comes back. You know, Nebu Perry came on and played sort of up front, but he's to me he's more of a wide man. Um, I just can't see where goals are in this team. And with, with a transfer ban, you know, that is my one question mark. They, they're going to have to do a lot of grinding in this season to, to stay up because, um, you know, but but defensively, they, they looked okay. So, you know, they weren't leaking. And like you say, Kaito at the back is, a, you know, he was probably top two goalkeepers in the league last season. So, um, you know, they've got a foundation to work from at the back. But yeah, where will they get the goals? But uh, no, it was a good game, I thought, uh, to, to watch. And I wasn't too disappointed at missing out on the AIK match, which which you saw. Yeah, I was, you know what, I've, I've slagged off ARK a bit, haven't I, in the last two or three years on this podcast, mostly when they were with Norling, uh, in, not in terms of the results and everything, but in terms of watchability. So I thought, you know what, new sort of ARK, I'll watch this game. And I wasn't disappointed. This was a very, very watchable game of football, Jonathan. It ended 2-0 to ARK. And it was, I was impressed by them. I, I thought they looked pretty good. And... This is an interesting game. Um, I want to talk tactics, actually, because the formation that Daggerforce came here with, 
was a 3-4-3. Now, officially a 3-4-3 anyway, which might... It felt to me when I saw that, I'm, I'm like, this is quite aggressive to go here in Stockholm against IK, um, first game of the season. But effectively, what it is, it's a weird four. I don't like 3 4 3 myself, John. I've got to be brutally honest with you. I think you've got to have the really got to have the right sort of players for this system. But basically, when they're in possession, it becomes a 5 2 3, really. Um, and then if you're out of possession, it's like 5 4 1. But you can get caught out in a lot of different ways. I think you, you're really asking an awful lot of the two central midfielders. And unfortunately, they just don't didn't have that quality in the midfield compared to AK, the Degger for here. But they come here, they've had a go. They're, they're not the sort of team they're going to sit back like Ossesons did and just play for a nil-nil. They came here and they were in a positive frame of mind. So let's give them some credit for that. But I think it was a bit naive of them to think that they could match up to the, to the quality of AK in this game. And AK were on it, really. They've got some good players. Stefanelli, Hussein, Larson. I thought they completely dominated the midfield. That, that, that Them three there. Stefanelli's like a shadow striker, actually, isn't he, really? He'd be darting runs centrally forward. And then out wide, um, the, the Finn guy, the Finnish um, guy, Ila Tupa, who was man of the match, really. A goal and assist. Bahui bagged a goal out wide. Um, AK turned up, both in terms of performance and tactically. It was a, a very... Very accomplished performance. Yeah, and what, what was what was the team shape for AIK? Because um, I've got it listed as a four four two. Just looking at their formations, but I don't know was that necessarily the case. How how is Bertus Grizzlak's team looking? And from Degafor's point of view, obviously you're the first you're the first one of us to see Degafor this season on the podcast. So I, I haven't seen them play. Um, how did their sort of manager? You mentioned the three four three there. I've got it listed uh, as the man of the match was their goalkeeper Ishmael Diawara. I mean, how under the cosh were they? Um, I think, I tell you what, one of the, it was clearly an instruction for, my, for AEK to shoot on site, pepper the goal. Now, maybe they thought the goalkeeper was a weakness or something. A lot of them shots were from long range. You look at the statistics, 17 shots to eight. And a lot of the saves were fairly comfortable. I, would, I can't remember a save where I'm like, wow, that was another world or anything like that. He did what was expected of him. But they, maybe this is a thing that they might target against certain teams. Let's just, if it's a good shooting opportunity, let's give it a hit, see what happens. And you know what? They Stefanelli hit the crossbar with an unbelievable hit. He probably, I can't believe Stefanelli didn't score in this game, actually, um, because he looks so dangerous. But um, if that's a, watch out for them scoring from range this year, if this is a tactic. In terms of their own formation, it was, I mean, 4 3 3, certainly back four anyway. The midfield is sort of, Larson is sort of is like a he stays a bit deeper. Uh, Hussein's almost like a box to box midfielder. Great passing, I thought, from Hussein. Then Stefanelli is sort of like this shadow striker guy. Um, you've got you've got a couple of wingers who can sort of play as traditionally wide or come inside. And then Radulovic, who I'll be honest, I didn't even notice him. Um, I, I just hardly noticed the guy in this game. I don't know what you call him, maybe a false nine or something or a deep line forward. But uh, Stefanelli always seems to be the one that's getting on the ball and, and driving forward. Maybe Radulic is almost used as a bit of a decoy, to be honest. But they had some good... The, the Otieno left-back really impressed me. His, his assist for the first goal was, was superb. Lovely whipping crossing, which Ilya Tupa finished off. Um, but uh, they, they looked in great physical shape as well. You know, AK, really well-conditioned for the season. You could just tell they had a little bit of an edge about them. Um, you know, I was I was dead impressed in that way. Degafor, they weren't bad. They were positives for Degafor. If they, if they play like this against some of the teams down there, 
Uh, I think there's goals in this team for sure, but I think it was a naive tactically. Like it effectively becomes five two three, and you've got like two wing backs and then two wingers. For me, that doesn't work. You know, what, you're leaving yourself short in certain areas. You don't really get a matchup um, positivity in, in any sort of way when you've got two midfielders effectively against the quality AIK have got three in midfield plus. Um, you know, Stefanelli's brilliant in that area. They would have been better off having like two D mids or something. Didn't make sense. There were mismatches all over the park for AEK and they took advantage of it, really. But I like what's off from Fours. I think, give them some credit, they had a go. Yeah, certainly. Um, Gravius and Carlin probably struggled in the centre midfield, like you say. And uh, I did tip them to go down. And part of the reason is because I just think up front they're a bit weak. You know, I think Bertilson and Sargon Abraham, I saw both got taken off. Um, they need to score goals, don't they, for them to have any chance? They were, they were too far apart as well. I felt the players on the field, they were too too wide. You know, you can't connect passing when players are that far apart. Bertilson, I mean, on the right-hand side there, the, the guy Lindell, he made some decent runs forward and he was trying to put crosses in. But then just not enough to aim at, you know. But AK got players back, they defended well. Positioning was was really good. If look, if, you, if you're an underdog like Degafor, and, you, and you're going to try and get an upset at a place like this, you need a bit of luck. You need to hope that your opposition have an off day and AEK made sure that did not happen. They, um, they've clearly got the extra quality in class. They played well. And then when tactically, you're kind of getting it superior as well. It was, a, I think it's sort of a, an awakening for Degafor. You know, welcome to the big league again. And it'd be interesting to see if they change their approach away from home against sort of superior opposition uh, going forward or whether they kind of keep this fairly wide open system because they were having a they were having a go themselves. Um but it's not a, I mean in terms of the season, losing two 0 there is not a disaster for them, is it? They're, yeah. The next game is Calmar at home. So you know I think ARK is a tough one. It looks sounds like ARK are looking quite good then um you know and their next game's EFK got Jotterberg on, on Monday. So that's gonna be a massive game away from home. Um so yeah interesting one. But before you uh, wrap up we've got a uh, listener question which I'll finish off with uh while we're on the subject of AIK, and that's from Matteo Albanese. Now, looking at his profile, he's a journalist, and I think he's from Genoa. He's got a Genoa uh, profile pick. So maybe, potentially, this could tie into the way he's asking this question. I don't know. But he says, Saku Latupa appreciation would be great. So uh, give us your thoughts, because there was a lot of talk on Twitter after this match about uh, Latupa. Do you know what? I, I was looking, and I was like, who's this guy? Because... Can't actually remember you were really talking about him. No. Before. I looked at his history. He was on loan last year in in Finland. Uh, IFK Mariam. Um, he's been around the block a bit. He's been at Ajax uh, and and places. So obviously he's just still only twenty one years of age. What I liked about him, he finished his goal well. His positioning was excellent. He looks like a two footed player. I think he can play uh, probably on either wing. I would guess, but he looks like he's got some great skills on the ball. Um, to be honest, he, this is someone who caught my eye. Sometimes you can get a player go away on loan, can't you? And they come back really good. And this might be an example of it. It was a good first game for him. He, um, he's he got the technical skills to, to cause problems to a lot of teams in this league, I think, John. Yeah, and um, he's a formerly, formerly Ajax. So, you know, he's got a bit of a history about him. Uh, he didn't really, he wasn't really on my radar this season to watch. But yeah, certainly it looks like he's done quite well. Uh, yeah, he was at Ajax's under-19s. So Saku Latupa, 21-year-old keeper now, and then he could be one to watch this season and maybe have in your fantasy team. That is pretty much it in terms of the uh, wrap for this week one. Um, 
Now we're going to move on to fantasy, and then we've got some listener questions. Fantasy was well, we had a massive feedback, haven't we, Steve? We had a really uh, strong uptake to the league. What's your take on it so far? It's been a been a quite an exciting uh, week one, hasn't it? We've had a lot of people joining the league. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got well over a hundred in the league. Um, we'll we'll pump that code out again. Hopefully, a few more can join before uh, next uh, next week. I'm amazed by the um, how, how much interest is in our defence and fantasy this season because. The last couple of years, it feels like it's in, in, in Scandinavia, the Norwegian one has taken more of a front seat and probably because of the scoring system, to be honest. It's still different in Sweden compared to the rest of it. But uh, yeah, loads of great interest, loads of talk, a lot of thanks for all your feedback and everything. We'll try and do a bit of advice here in Alsvenskan Fantasy. As far as my team, well, I'm not bottom of the table. I think I'm in um, 91st place in our league. Um, unfortunately, I made the wrong captaincy choice with the Jeremy F. I thought he'd fill his boots. My bench has got like 20 points on it nearly. So I made some bad decisions myself there. But it looks pretty tight. The scoring in our league is the top score was 68 points. Uh, a couple of guys up there, David Aurora and Adrian Mark Stett. Um, there with 68 points, it looks pretty close. I'm not sure who leads overall in the whole competition. But uh, I think quite a lot of the big, big guns didn't really fire, did they, this week? So um, that might explain why it's a little bit low scoring. Yeah, and just in case anyone's listening who wants to join, um, the code is HQ8GU7. So uh, fantasy.osvenskan.se. If you haven't joined the league already yet, join the Nordic Football Podcast League. And uh, yeah, let's see how how we get on. I had a, had a decent week. Um, like I say, Chulafi was my captain. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty sort of mid-table, I think, at the moment, which I'm pretty happy about, considering I had three hacking players who did nothing. So uh, yeah, but um, no, it's going to be a really interesting league. I think this season going to be a lot of competition. And one thing I've noticed, the, the podcast, this, this uh, pre-season podcast was, was one of our best ever episodes, wasn't it, for, for downloads? And um seems like there's a lot of interest. A lot of people sent us uh, their fancy teams, that kind of thing. So, yeah, really happy to have you guys in the league and uh, let us know how you got on in, in week one. Tweet us at Nordic Football Podcast, at Nordic Footpod, and let us know how, you, how you're getting on with the week two coming up, if you're going to be making any changes to your team. There's um, 114 points lead the way, by the way, at the moment. It's someone who used, there's a, there's a, I forget there's a chip here. You get double points for all your defenders. So someone's wrapped up here with five guys at the back and, and nailed it, really. But I always like to save that chip. And if there's like midweek rounds and stuff, you know, where matches get postponed. So, uh, yeah, 114 points does lead the way in fantasy. But, yeah, I've been really great, great uh, interest in fantasy this year in, in, in Sweden. So, Long may it continue, and um, I think we're going to finish off the episode with some listener questions. Um, so I'm going to go through th- th- go through a few here. Uh, starting off here, uh, this is one I'm actually not going to answer on this episode, but from FPL Oakwell, thanks for your, for your question. Can you do a mini roundup of any pre-season games that Norwegian sides have played? Should probably next week, fo- uh, in the next few weeks, focus more towards Norway uh, and the pre-season there. So keep your eye out there, FPL. Um, oh well, we will be. Don't you worry. We'll be, Norway will be getting plenty of attention going forward. Um, I've got a question for you though, here, Jonathan. It's from Andy Martin at FPL underscore Tactician. Thank you very much indeed for this question, Andy. Um, which team and player surprised you the most in the first round of the Arsenal matches, good and bad? Yeah, and I have to give a shout out to uh, Andy. He, uh, I think he mentioned that he had gone for a two-hour walk with his dog to while he was listening to the podcast preseason. So, uh, yeah, really appreciate that, and, and I think he, he shared it as well, which was which was very kind. So, I hope you hope you enjoyed that nice walk with your dog uh, when you listened to the show, and I hope it gave you some value. Uh, team that surprised me the most was 
I'm going to say Halmstad. I think they showed a solidity there that I wasn't expecting uh, against, a, against a good side in Hacken. I think they're going to have, you know, bigger bigger tests to come maybe potentially because I think Hacken were a little bit rusty. But I, I liked what I saw. Uh, I mentioned the centre-backs in the preseason show. They'll be crucial and they were both really good. Uh, I thought they were very, 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 very good, actually. Probably players of the week. Uh, which player surprised me the most? That's a good question, that. Um, I'm going to say... Do you know what I'm gonna? I'm gonna actually say Patrick Kaposa of uh, Ostersunds. Uh, I've seen him a couple of times in preseason. Uh, he's a left back, like I say. He's, he's been in and out. He's had a bit of a. I think I remember even when I was in Sweden, he was still somewhere in Sweden, and uh, he kind of like it's just always been on the fringes, never really been in in the team. He's finally getting his chance now in that in in the team really, and uh, you know I think he he could have quite a big season this year. I think he'd been loaned out to Lulea, places like that. He's been been on several loans he's still only 23 uh I, I quite liked what he what i saw of him eric haugen i thought had a good game as well but that wasn't a surprise i, I expect him to have quite a good season so yeah i'm going to give a shout out to a bit of a lefty one there patrick Caposo of ostersunds uh, and then in terms of bad um jeremy f was poor uh, i was surprised how bad he was to be honest i, I wasn't expecting that I, I really one of the things i liked about him in pre-season in, in some of the swedish cup games was i thought his, his pressing he looked on it. He was sharp. He looked, you know, he looked like he kind of come back and had a bit of arrogance about him. Uh, that arrogance had gone. He was a bit of a house cat against Halmstad. And um, yeah, I thought he was poor. It surprised me in a bad way there. A uh, team that surprised me in a bad way. It's just, it's got to be hacking, isn't it, in general? Mm. I just thought they were um, disappointing. I haven't seen every game, so, you know, probably being a bit harsh. Uh, in some ways, but uh, yeah, I was I was I was shocked by, by how bad, how really in terms of hacking, I was shocked by how the lack of creativity. That's what shocked me the most. They didn't have much kind of they didn't create much, uh, and that's unusual for for Hacken, who are generally quite a creative side. Um, usually very fluid, especially on the break. I thought they would just have a lot of counter attacks in that game. I thought they would hit them on the break a lot, and that was where I thought they were going to just sort of just. I thought they'd beat them sort of three 0 To be honest, I thought they'd have a, a really nice counter attacking style and just. You know, just go out that pitch and, and 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 score a few goals, but it didn't happen. So yeah, Hacken. You just before we move on, your MEF. You say he was the unpleasant surprise of the week. Look, thirty six point seven percent of people own him in fantasy, including myself. I captain him. Now they got Malmo next. I've not actually looked at their, their fixtures after that. I mean, should owners of your MEF be worrying? I know it's very early doors. Is it time to shift him on now? Is he going to be a bust early on, or do you have the faith that he can rebound straight away? Good question. Um, yeah, I mean, Hacken had sixty percent possession, two shots on target, so that really sums it up. They didn't, they didn't really create anything shots wise. Um, Yemiyev did have one or two shots that were blocked, so you know, you know, it, it was also partly because the defense was so good of Halmstad. I'd keep him. I think um, they're playing Malmo, and he is a former Malmo player, so that's always a bit of a this weekend. You know, he's got something to prove against his former club. So I'd maybe give him another chance. I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I expect him to be one of the top top five to ten scorers in the league this season. So I'm expecting big things from Jeremy F. Uh, still a good age, still a good quality. You know, a good striker at this level. So that, I think that's what surprised me really. I just thought I just thought he was a bit. I just thought he was lackluster. It wasn't necessarily that he didn't get on the end of chances and stuff like that. It was more just he was. I just thought he was quite lackluster out of possession. It wasn't the. It wasn't the ball work. It was more the kind of when Halmstad had the ball. I just didn't. You need someone up front like that to be leading the line in terms of pressing. And I just didn't see that from him. I thought he was a bit kind of like slow. 
Uh, but I would keep him. I think he's got maybe uh, one or two things to prove. But I guess that's the beauty of FPL. Do you, do you stick or do you twist? Because yeah. there's a few few strikers there who are already scoring goals. So, uh, you know, stick or twist. There was also a question from Otto uh, Reclose. Uh, of any teams or performances in the first round change your season predictions? I think pretty much that ties in with Andy's question there. Uh, but thanks very much for it, Otto, uh, Otto Reclose. Um, there's a question that I'm actually going to answer. Uh, it's from Heskibro, beginners of Elite Serian podcast. Shout out to that podcast, by the way, for Elite Serian fantasy. Well worth a listen. Heskibro, um, which three new players in each of the Elite Serian house fans can excite the most for this season? Well, we're quite a bit away. We're still a good month away from Norway, so we've plenty of time for that going forward. But I'm going to give three sort of names here, a little bit left field in, in a couple of instances. I'm going to say Axel Lindahl at Buda Glimt. He's a sign from Degafor. Now, this is a guy who can play pretty much anywhere, and I just feel like maybe he's 26 years old. But I just feel moving into the Buda Glimt environment, maybe we can expect something a little bit of a surprise in a, in a pleasant way. So I'm going to say Axel Lindahl. Um, I'm also going to say Marcus Solbakken at Starbeck, a youngster who is coming from Ham Cam, um, who is sort of a midfielder who can play in a number of different roles there. I've heard some good things about him. So a youngster there from um, from Ham Cam, Mr. Starbeck, Marcus Solbakken, who, who excites me. And I'm going to have to, I think, um, go for a Tromso player, Moses Ebi. Uh, who did very well last year, um, scored a few goals, got a few assists. Ex Lillestrom, who didn't really achieve his potential there, uh, but now he's a 23-year-old. He's probably a bit more mature. I think someone in attack is going to have to be consistent, consistently standing up for Tromso this year because they've got a number of guys like Espiord, Inga Brixen, who go lame, sadly, get injured all the time. And I think Ed B could be the guy who comes in, for, again, from Ham Cam, actually. Poor Ham Cam, they've been raided, haven't they, this year? But um, I think he could be the guy who comes in and and, and does and, and pleasantly surprises people in the north of Norway. So three names there that I'm guessing there's not too much talk about um, that you could maybe consider there, um, Eskiba. Great stuff. And then we've got one, we've got a couple more questions, haven't we? Um, thanks for your question, guys. It's great to, great to see that interaction. Samuel Walsh, who was an AIK fan, I believe, unless uh, he's got that AIK um, logo there for no reason, which I'm sure it isn't. So, yeah, thanks for your question, Samuel. He says, AIK look great tonight. Excited for the game next Monday. Of course, uh, they have a big game, like I say, against EF Core. Uh, then he says, on the other hand, Cam were absolutely dominant, but creation of chances was abysmal. Worrying signs for them, question mark. Um, I watched that game. I wouldn't be too worried because I think Nils, Nils Froling is their main man up front. Uh, he will come back. I did question where, where Edwin Kroner was because I, I like Kroner. Um, he's shown some glimpses, but it seems he's out of favour at the moment, so I don't know exactly where he is. Uh, it seems like he's not injured, so that's a bit of a strange one. Um, but yeah, N Nils Froling's their main man up front. Uh, he, Like I say, he's, he's he wasn't playing, so I wouldn't be too worried there. I didn't think that, uh, like I say, I didn't think that Isaac Magnussen was too good up front, so if, if Nils Froling's injury is long-term, then that could be a bit of a worry uh, because they brought on a 17-year-old Isaac V just gog, I think he came on, or maybe he didn't, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, they had uh, well, basically, they had very light options from the bench, and um, to sum it up, and um, 
Yeah, they brought on Oliver Berg as well for his debut. He he came on um, at halftime, just before halftime, because uh, Ring got injured. He came on, he's from Gif Sundsvall. They brought, also brought on one of my tenants to watch, Noah Shamoon, of course. He came on, the 18-year-old. He looked okay, didn't didn't really do much. One or two glimpses, but uh, yeah, didn't didn't really, wasn't that effective. I think they could struggle to score goals if Niels Froling doesn't come back. I do think they are a little bit light up front. Uh, and I didn't really like what I saw with Magnussen. I thought he, he worked hard. Seems like he has some potential. He's 22, but I just didn't think he was a, a, a real presence, especially with three at the back for Ostersund. They just kind of crowded him out to be honest. They were too physical for him. Um, so I wouldn't be too worried at this stage. I think, you know, I would I would be surprised if they don't grab a goal in the next game uh, against Degafors away uh, this Sunday. So that, that, that should be an interesting game, to be honest. Yeah, and I just want to give a, a shout-out again to Warson, who um, made some very good points in, on the YouTube video in the season preview about Kalmar. Um, big Kalmar fan out there. Thanks for your, for your comments there, Varsan. Always greatly appreciated and, and, and your support as well for the podcast uh, overall. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for uh, the, the round one discussion. Yeah, we've, got, we've got one more question, but I think we're not going to cover it this week. So I just want to give a shout-out to Lord Moldevort. Um, he's asked us, what do we think of this year's UEFA Conference League and which Scandinavian team do you rate to go furthest? We'll cover that in another podcast coming, I think, maybe as the, as we get more into European football. But uh, for this week, we'll, we'll leave that because that's quite a big question, isn't it, really, Stephen? Uh, I think we're going to cover that in a in a podcast special coming soon. So stay tuned, Lord Mordevort, and thanks for your question. And that's uh, it for this episode. Um, thanks very much for listening. Really enjoyed that one. Some... Uh... Great stuff from week one um, in Sweden, and I'm really looking forward to seeing some some more of it before um, before the Norwegian season starts. I really want to get stuck into our Svenskan this season, Jonathan. And I, I enjoyed what I saw this year. I, I seem to have avoided I avoided the the crap games, and I saw the good ones. So uh, yeah, I've got to keep doing that. Yeah, you did well. You did well watching. Uh, okay, I think that that looks like a good game. I might cut, try and catch that back. Uh, for those who don't know, of course, we were both kind of we would do our analysis, and we we keep. We keep detailed spreadsheets and documents of every team in both leagues. So, you know, if you do want to sort of uh, hit us up from a scouting point of view and that kind of thing, feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, our, our email address is in our Twitter bio at Nordic Footpod. You can contact us via email and, and always free to sort of discuss Swedish or Norwegian football. Uh, I certainly feel very knowledgeable at this moment in time, having done the season preview. So, yeah, don't forget to listen to that back if you haven't already. We've got our 1 to 16 predictions uh, for every team in the league, uh, plus the 10 to watch for the season to come. Uh, some of them did quite well in this week one, so that was a nice start. And if you've seen on our Twitter at Nordic Football, we've got a World Cup or Svenskan logos going on at the moment. So uh, check that out because that's a bit of a fun game we're doing to start the season. Uh, we've had some interesting polls so far, haven't we? Uh, I think Eurogarden made it through, uh, Sirius has made it through, and we've got a few other polls this week. We've got Hacken involved in one, EFC involved in one. So yeah, we're trying to find the best. Osvenskan logo. So go, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter and check out those polls and vote in them. We've got some some interesting polls coming up in the next two weeks or so to try and find the best logo in the league. Uh, you can also catch me on Twitter at JFFootball, J-F-F-U-T-B-O-L. And you can catch Steve on Twitter at Meatman Soccer. Steve, I was a little bit disappointed to see Varbo Boys go out because that logo's grown on me, to be honest. Um, what's your take on the Osvenskan World Cup of logos so far? Well, it was a low-scoring match in terms of votes. I think we only had 90 votes for that one. Um, who knows if we'd got another 20 or 30 more, well, even a 10 more, then maybe Sirius could have uh, lost that match. But, yeah, we had Diogarten beat um, Elfsborg fairly convincingly. 
and uh, Malmo absolutely thrashed Ostersund in the results we've had so far. And the current ones on the vote at the time of recording, it looks like uh, IFK Gothenburg are going to hammer Kalmar, which surprises me. I think the Kalmar logo is quite a good one. Um, but uh, yeah, there's the I think Hecken are involved in a bit of a tussle with Degafors right now. We're going to hopefully get all the first round matches done by the end of this week. And starting next week, we'll be starting the quarterfinals of these uh, logos. So it's it's a bit of fun. And, yeah, there's some good logos out there. There's a couple of shock, shocking ones as well. But, uh, yeah, it would be very interesting. Yeah, I voted for Kalmar in that. Uh, so sorry to EF Core Yotabug fans, but I, I like that Kalmar logo. I hope I hope that someone is going to rep for that Kalmar logo. And uh, Hack and Degafors, I, I voted for Hack and I think just about I prefer that one. Uh, but, yeah, I was sad to see Viber go. Uh, Ostersons, I quite like the Ostersons logo. But uh, they got they got battered, didn't they? The uh, Elsborg Elsborg Garden was up and down because I think an Elsborg fan tagged it first, and then some Diff fans found it and they tagged it. So you know it was an up and down poll that one. That was end to end stuff, a bit like the Malmo Hammerby game. But uh, yeah, it's been a great episode. Don't forget to follow us there, and you can catch that all there and go back and vote. But uh, we will see you for the next episode very soon. So from this episode, thanks for listening. Take care and goodbye.